ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Munster and beats one. Then he got the pass away to the hammer. He's over the 30, over the 20. Tedesco slipped over. It's hammer time. Hammerstone, can you open no? Has scored an amazing state of origin try. Queensland, 20 with 12 men, lead New South Wales 18. Queensland against the odds. Again, this was a classic of the genre. The Maroons mythology around Queensland spirit is a cliched trope. Only, can it be a cliche if it's real? If it's a living, breathing thing? Did we just watch a whole new generation acquire Queensland spirit in real time? A kind of virtuous cycle for the Maroons. Does that fail to recognise the coaching acumen of Billy Slater? Where to next for a Blues side that will need to win in Brisbane to keep the series alive? Patrick Stack, this is ABC Sport Daily. Nick Campton writes on Rugby League for ABC Sport Campo. The idea of Queensland spirit, inverted commas, it can feel at times overwrought, especially in years where Maroons fielded teams full of immortals. But last night had all the trademarks of fresh Rugby League mythology and it made me wonder, did we just watch a whole new Queensland generation benefiting from the ongoing virtuous cycle? I think we did, Stacky. I think we did. I, I think part of the reason that the Queensland spirit or, or, or the Queensland intensity or the, the fact that Queensland get origin or whatever you want to call it, part of the reason that it, it comes through so often is that they go to it so often. You know what I mean? Even when they had a far better team, even when they had Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and Jonathan Thurston and Billy Slater and Greg Inglis and all those other guys, even when they were absolutely running the Blues off the park, they still stuck to those same principles. They still told each other all the same stories. So it just keeps on flowing down through the generations and down through the years. So when younger players come into the team, like they have over the last 12 months, when players like Selwyn Cobbo and Ruben Cotter and Patrick Carrigan all come into the side, they're coming into something that's fully formed. The biggest difference between Queensland and the Blues is, is, is Queensland always know who they are and they always know what they're about. I'll tell you what, Queensland have got a tough, gritty footy team on their hands here and um, I think we've got 5.3 million proud Queenslanders of their team here tonight. That makes it easier for players to sort of make their transition to the to the game's highest level, and that's kind of what we saw last night. We saw a bunch of new, hungry, young Maroons come in and sort of pick up where the previous generation left off. What were the moments for you that epitomise that Queensland spirit? Uh, I think early on, Murray Talungi, the, the two fantastic try-saving tackles that he made. One on James Tedesco, one on Tyson Frizzell. But brilliant last-ditch defence. Munster was in there. Walsh was in there. Tuilangi was in there. And they thwart Tedesco. I think as well the fact that the two times that the Maroons got up New South Wales in in the first half, they scored both times. You know, they played with a confidence and a, and a, and a certainty that the Blues just couldn't find, even though the Blues had the better of the field position and the better of the possession. Queensland just know how to pick their moments. They know how to find what they need when they need it. And then that kept coming through the rest of the match. It felt like there was only half a dozen players left on the field through injuries and HIAs and all that. When Hamiso Tabuaifito scored his scored his second try to sort of put him in front. And then Lindsay Collins, a front rower, flying over the top of James Tedesco. Up they go. Oh, Collins! He took it! Got it away, Munster! Wow! Queensland's done it again! Queensland has 
done it again. Those are the moments that sort of make Queensland legend and and, and that sort of creates the mythos or enhances the mythos and, and hands it down to the next generation. You know, players finding things in themselves that they probably never knew that they had, doing things that they didn't think were possible. They keep finding ways to achieve miracles. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. They think they can do it, so they can do it, and they do it because they think they can do it, you know? In years to come, when people relive this game on bootlegged YouTube packages, it'll be tries and try-saving tackles that you talked about that will make the edit, but it was Ruben Cotter who was player of the match. Why was he so astonishing? Well, I thought Ruben Cotter, more than any other Queenslander, sort of summed up what we were, what we were talking about just now. He summed up that spirit, that intensity, that that fight that the Maroons showed. He got the pass away to Hudson Young. Upended by Cotter and lost the ball in the tackle of Ruben. The Tabuai Fido tries and the two Selwyn Cobbo finishes and the Lindsay Collins leap, those will be on the highlight reels. But none of that's possible if Queensland don't show some inhuman defensive resolve, especially in that first half. And Cotter really sort of typified that. He, like, he's like a driver's dog, man. Like, he just never, ever stops. And he never stopped attacking the Blues with his defence. He never stopped hustling the Haas. He never stopped putting pressure on their creative players. And he did it while playing 80 minutes in the forwards, spending a good amount of that time at second row position. He doesn't usually play at club level. Like, all the best things about Queensland's performance were sort of summed up by by Ruben Cotter. So it was just, it was great to see a player like that get rewarded for making plays like that because a lot of the time Origin's a lot about the glory boys, the fancy players and all that, but without the Ruben Cotters of the world, you don't win those games. And I thought he made a massive difference last night. It was great to see him rewarded for it. We've zeroed in on the resilience aspect of Queensland's victory, but from a coaching point of view, can you tell our audience the tactical strength of what Billy Slater engineered here? Well, yeah, I think Slater's plan was pretty clear from the team that he picked. He picked a team that was not as big as the Blues, not as muscular as the Blues, not as powerful as the Blues, but it was like lighter and faster and meaner and nastier. And when Queensland sort of showed that defensive resolve to hang on for as long as they did, the longer things went on, the more that 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 speed, that intensity, that effort sort of came to the fore, to the point where in the last 20 minutes, Queensland, with their lighter, faster team, were able to come over the top of the Blues and finish the stronger. It's almost like rope-a-doping, you know? Queensland were on the ropes for the first few rounds, wearing all the punches, wearing all the punches. New South Wales punched themselves out, and then Queensland went on the attack. Only Queensland can look thoroughly outplayed for about 40 minutes, 50 minutes, and find a miraculous way. It was a risky play from Slater because you're relying on, on a real show of defensive resolve from your side to sort of get to that place where you can tire the Blues out a little bit. But it worked like a charm. Time for some New South Wales recriminations, Campo. What selections and tactics would New South Wales coach Brad Fittler love to have again? I think from a tactical standpoint, I think they tried to play through their forwards in a passing sense a little bit too much. Like everybody that watches rugby league these days will have noticed that a lot of the time forwards are in first receiver. They go to the line, they pass out the back to create space for the halves. You know, that's something that Isaiah Yo, the New South Wales lock, is really good at when he plays for Penrith. But I'm just not sure that style is conducive to origin football. It is so much quicker and everyone else is so much sharper and Whenever that happened, whenever the Blues were going to Isaiah Yo to set something up out the back for Nathan Cleary or Jerome Luai, everything just looked kind of slow. It looked kind of cumbersome, and, and Queensland were able to, to really pick it off quickly. And I think that sort of led to New South Wales looking really disjointed in attack for a lot of the match, which is a funny thing to say when you consider that there are so many players in that team who have played together 
either at club level or at state level, but they looked like they'd only been thrown together in the last week. Some of them looked like they'd never they'd never even met each other. Maybe a simplified approach in attack would have would have served the Blues well, but the sun has come up and the knives are out, and some of the Blues' biggest and best players are feeling the heat. Like James Tedesco has been the state skipper for nearly three years. Last night was probably his poorest Origin game. Yeah, read the ladies' pass to Tedesco. Tedesco, they've got numbers, but he goes himself. Can he get it down? He's pushed back in the field of play. Why did he pass it to Ado Carr? There are a lot of calls for his head, which I don't think will be heated, but it's the first time in his origin career he's sort of come under that pressure. The same old questions are being raised about Nathan Cleary and his ability to really control the side and, and dominate their attack and take them where they need to go. And I think Fitler will stick with some of his guys for this for this upcoming game at Suncorp. I think he'll stick with Tedesco. I think he'll stick with Cleary. It's a fair way away, so like realistically, uh, Turbo's out for 11 days, so he got a HIA, I think. Uh, as a few blows came off injured. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. The hammer is coming down on them in more ways than one, like never, ever before, you know, and they've got a big mountain to climb when they go up to Queensland for game two. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it. And if they're not able to do it, then the uh, the howls will get even louder. What you're sort of getting at there, it sounds like to me that a defeat in Brisbane could be the end of Brad Fittler and James Tedesco's tenure as captain and coach of New South Wales. Yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. So Fittler's been in charge for, this is his sixth series in charge. And if he loses this one, it'll be three wins and three losses, which isn't a bad return. But when you consider the the talent disparity that the Blues have sort of had over Queensland in the last couple of years, it's really not good enough. Now Queensland has sort of caught up with that talent disparity and you can look at them and you can honestly say that on paper they've got the better side, you know. So I, I do think that Fittler is sort of coaching for his origin life. No New South Wales team ever has been able to win the series while being 1-0 down and having game two at Suncorp Stadium. So they've got to do something that's never been done. And, and with Tedesco, who has been a great player for the Blues for such a long time, he does look like, you know, maybe a lot of the footy that he's played has finally caught up with him. You know, maybe the time has come for a, a, a fresh approach. And if there's a fresh coach in, you can bet there'll be a fresh captain in as well. So this could be their, this could be their last ride. This could be the last good time for, for both of them. And Unless there's a very rapid turnaround, it's difficult to see any other result other than another Queensland win because, you know, the Blues have just got a very, very long way to go and not a long time to get there. So if Brad Fittler's coaching for his metaphorical life, what levers is he going to pull at selection, do you think? Oh, I think um, he took a couple of swings for this game that um, he's probably going to reconsider. I'd be I'd be very surprised if Tevita Pangai Jr., Holds his spot. I thought his first stint last night was pretty strong, but his second stint, he was just pushing a couple of passes and all, and, and that sort of thing. He sort of strikes me as a classic, you know, one-and-done type origin play. It wouldn't surprise me if Hudson Young sort of joins him um, in getting cut from the squad. He it, it was a bit of a strange one for him. He sort of played the first 30-odd minutes, had a couple of okay touches, had some, some poor ones as well as an error and a penalty, and then... Once he came off and Liam Martin came on, the Blues sort of did look a lot more lively, and I thought Martin was one of New South Wales' best. Short ball away, Liam Martin! He got straight past the defender, and he's over to score! I think that the overall structure of the team will stay the same. I think both Penrith halves will stay. I think James Tedesco will stay at fullback. I think Fittler will be doing everything he can to try and get Latrell Mitchell back into the team at left centre. I'm not sure if Tom Trebojevic will be there, given that I don't think he's going to be able to get another game in before Origin 2, given that he's uh, 
was concussed last night and, and has to have the mandatory 12-day stand-down. And Tom Trebojevic will come from the field for an HIA and it will be a free interchange for New South Wales as Nick Hines will come on. I think Latrell Mitchell in and then a couple of changes in the forwards are what we can expect from Fittler for game two. Nick Captain, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thanks, Staggy. Headlines. His bro, Nick Kyrgios, tweeted that he was too tired to keep watching. Well, he missed an enormous upset as Thanasi Kokonakis knocked over former French Open champion Stan Wawrinka in a match lasting five sets and more than four and a half hours. Well done. Let's it sail. Kokonakis wins the five-setter. Beats a French Open champion. The world number 108 will next take on 11th seed Karen Hashanov for a place in the fourth round. Anytime you have a draft in sport, it's all about the acquisition of hope, both for the player selected and the club doing the picking. The West Coast Eagles could do with a good news story at the moment, and it's come in the form of Ryan Marrick, an 18-year-old forward from the Gippsland Power, who's gone from stacking shelves at Woolies to packing his bags for Perth as he went number one in the mid-season rookie draft. He's expected to slot straight into the Eagles' waffle team this Sunday. And maybe Australian, maybe Italian Christian Volpato has watched on from the bench as Jose Mourinho's Roma lost the Europa Super League final to Spanish side Sevilla on penalties in Budapest. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Channel 9 for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.